Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Savannah Verdict. Uh, this is another great edition. We have a wonderful guest in the house. We're going to be talking about why you need to give back to your country. As you know, we're on NIDO Radio. It's a, this, the program is a diaspora initiative, and everybody in diaspora wants to give back every, as much as they can to their country, Nigeria. So we're on NIDO Radio. NIDO means Nigerians in diaspora. So what we do at Savannah Verdict is to look at what Nigerians are doing here and, and doing back at home. So we have a guest, a very special guest, Professor Tokubo Onobanjo. Welcome to Savannah Verdict, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right, you're most welcome. So let me tell you about Professor Tokubo Onobanjo before we tell you more about his initiative in Nigeria, what he's been doing, what he's planning to do and what have you. The professional career of talks, that's what everybody calls him, talks. You know, it's uh, Professor Tokubo Nobanjo's uh, debut when he was uh, when he won twice the, the fellowship award from the European Economic Commission in 1980 for a postgraduate degree program study in national development and project planning. And in 1985, for another master's degree prog uh, program study in business system analysis and design. He more or less followed the step of his father, who won scholarship twice to study in UK. He was invited to IBM Research Triangle Institute in 1981, when IBM first brought out his first PC. And this inspired him further into information communication technology, ICT. Currently, into electronics records in clinical research. 21 CFR, 11 project management, and this experiences tremendous influence. So as you can see, he's very vast in the area of project management and clinical research. He's a man of many areas. His experience includes many years as a director of computer service department and that of project planning and system development. He's the founder, president, CEO, International Institute of Technology and Application. That's IIT Edu in uh, Atlanta. He's currently the director for clinical trial investigation. Tox has managed several projects including clinical research projects in the US, Europe, and Africa, and has organized international forums on business development, management, and legislative leadership conferences. He served as a member of the Advisory Council of Georgia Africa Chambers of Commerce for many years, currently the Chairman Board of Directors, Africa America Chambers of Commerce, US Secretary of Diaspora Diagnostics and Trauma Foundation, that's the DDTF, and the Chairman Technical and Design Committee of DDTF and currently the Secretary General of Nigeria and Diaspora uh, Americas, that's NIDO US Board of uh, Directors. Talks has written several position papers, standard operating procedures and articles on clinical research, business system analysis and design, project planning, project management. He has the following degrees and certification. Project Management Institute Certification, that's a PMP with his number, I'm, I don't need to read that out. An Agile Certification Practitioner, PMP ACP, PMI ACP, Certified Health Record Specialist, that's the CEHRS, Certified Electronic Health Informatics Specialist, CEHRS, Certified Clinical Research Professional, CCRP, Certified Pharmacy Technician, CH. HD, Certified Solar Design Associate, that's the NABCEP PVA, Master of Business System Analysis and Design, City University London, Master of National Development and Project Planning, University of Bradford, UK, PGD Computer Science and Master of Education, Georgia State University, Atlanta. 
Professor Tokes Onobanjo. Welcome to Savannah Verdict. <laughs> thank, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, your CV is uh, very intimidating, and uh, we're glad you are here. And uh, like I told, like I told the listeners, one of the reasons why you are here today is that we're, we're analyzing and scrutinizing empirically Nigerians that are giving back to the society. So don't let's waste anybody's time. We're going straight for the jugular now. I know you just came back from Nigeria. You know, after some some months, you went training people about solar technology and what have you. So kindly tell us, you know, in your own words, what you went to do in Nigeria, how many people you impacted, and give us details of what you went to do. Please go ahead, sir. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm really delighted to be here. Um, for, first of all, what? Why do we need to give back? The issue is that if you don't give back then you are not grateful to your source. Everyone of us in US or in the diaspora, we had their primary education in Nigeria. Nigeria gave things to us. We are lucky that we got education, um, but there are millions of people who, who didn't have the same opportunity like us back home. So the only thing we can do is to lift their hands up. If I have a candle and I light your candle, yeah, I give you a light using my own candle, I'm not losing anything, and you, you are not losing anything. In fact, you are gaining. Many of us will have candle lights all over the place. The place is going to look brighter. Um, Nigeria is going to develop. Africa is going to develop. Uh, the story we are talking now in another 100 years will be different. Uh, um, Africa looks undeveloped now, but because of the potential of youth in Africa, and the number of the, the way technology is going on in Africa, especially with the cell phone, I'm assuming all that thing going on, uh, Africa is also going to be a powerful nation. So we need to, but who's going to make it powerful? Who's going to make it to be a country independent? Who's going to make it to be a world power? The Chinese built China. The Europeans built Europe. The Americans built America. The Israelis built Israel. So there's no other way. There's no other option for Africans, Nigerians to build their Moderna. Uh, coming back to what I want to do in Nigeria. Well, let me start with giving you a paradox. Many people will tell you that they can cook. Of course, they can cook. You can cook for five people, for three, for three people, for five people, for ten people. But supposing there's going to be a national celebration and you're being asked to come and cook for 100,000 people. And in that interview, they say, since you know how to cook, uh, how, many, how many bags of salt or how many... Uh, gallons of water will you need? How many gallons of oil will you need? Of course, if you're a cook, you can do it. But if you're a chef, you know that you know how to cook for one person, two person, three people. Your chefs are trained to use metrics to measure everything. They measure the water, they measure the salt, they measure the oil, they measure every ingredient they're going to use. So if you ask them to come and cook for a million people, all they have to find is to do a ratio of it, do some calculations, and they will tell you exactly the quantity of materials they will need. Many people can do solar in Nigeria. They put it on the roof, and then say it, it works. Of course it works. But when you now turn to solar farm, whereby you generate 70,000 uh, volts and volts of electricity that is direct current, not even alternating current, because direct current are much more dangerous. You want to know how dangerous direct currents are, uh, get um, tr truck batteries 
and then short circuit and use the, use a lead or a conductor to touch the 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 two positive and negative there will be a big spark so direct current they don't revert to zero so we need to teach them how to be chef how to know how to configure um panels from one panel to 50000 panels and then when you are doing a lot of panels together it's called solar farm we have 49000 uh, satellite in space. If I want to call England now, I will just call England. Bam! It goes through space. They are all using solar. Solar is going to be the is going to be the primary source of energy in the world um, before 2050. And in the past, we had diskets. Five one quarter diskets, three and a half inch diskets, and the maximum you could get from there was 1.44 megabytes. Now you get a thumb drive. The, the size of my the tip of my thumb it gives over four terabytes so the same technology is going on in the solar industry uh the chip that i used to manufacture uh silicon that's used to manufacture the, uh, you know, the, the chips for drive jump drives the same kind of silicon wafers that are used to build solar plates and we have monocrystalline we have polycrystalline we have all kind of we have hybrid we have um, uh, different kind of panels, but these panels are getting more and more powerful. In five years now, from now, the panels we have, will be, we, we have then, will be a thousand times more powerful than what we have now. Eventually, within the next five years, each home in the world, or most homes in the whole world, will carry about ten panels. Um, and that the, uh, those ten panels could be could be giving you about hundred uh, kVA. <laughs> so then, and you cannot finish using them. Then also we have metal oxide batteries. Metal oxide batteries also will store the the energy. And metal oxide batteries last for about twenty years. When your depth of discharge is zero every day, if it's in Africa, you will not get up to zero depth of discharge because there's always sun there. In Europe, America, sometimes we have 12 no this dark. But in, in Africa, it's throughout the year, the sun's all overhead. We have a minimum of about six to eight hours of sunlight every day. So we cannot discharge metal oxide battery to zero. So what it means that this battery will last about 40 years. And this continues to give, and when the battery is going to be dis, uh, uh, discarded, it does not have any economic, imp- uh, any environmental impact. Unlike the li- lithium, Acid or the lead acid we have, it has enormous um, um, environmental impact. That many of them, many of the, the many of the, the discarded ones end up in a water bed because we just we just throw them out individually, you know, indiscriminately. Some some of them go to river, some of them go to underground water. So this one, the technology is coming now. That's going to be very clear. We are going to have energy, but who's going to do it? We need to train our youth to become solar farmers. And that was my, my mission in Lagos State. We trained 300 people uh, with global certification um, um, fundamentals in solar to the depth that they can manage any level of solar. They know how to configure from one panel to whatever number, 50,000 panels, you can run to Mars. We're also putting um, solar on in Lagos, especially on the lagoon. Lagoon is a free land. We have a lot of waterways in, in Lagos that we can power the whole street light, the whole of Lagos from the lagoon. We are starting that next year. And these are the crop of people we're going to be using to for solar farm. 
So apart from farmers that do agri, we are also training farmers to farm the soil. Interesting. That's uh, that's really awesome. It's so overwhelming. So technically speaking, you are preparing Nigeria for the future. You are preparing those youths in Lagos for the future. Let me play a clip of some of your activities in Nigeria for our listeners. The Lagos State Government has commenced a vocational training for at least 300 youths in the state. Uh, this is in a bid to further create employment for its teaming population. The program is in partnership with International Institute of Technology and Application, Georgia, USA, and is targeted at reducing the rising costs associated with solar power management and installations. The Commissioner for Wealth Creation and Employment, Yetunde Arobieke, emphasized the future advantage of the program. We are deficient in, in, in energy. Energy is required to power the industry. And the generator, we cannot do it. We cannot cut it. It's very expensive. And it produces global warming. Someone that was there, it pollutes the environment. It, it pollutes the environment. So solar is clean. Solar is sustainable. And every year it's getting cheaper. And to get to a point that um, everybody will have, will have more than enough energy, just like everybody has telephone in Nigeria, you know, cell phone. Solar is also made from silicon. It's going to be readily available to everybody. So the things of lack of power will be a thing of the past within a very few years. It is a wealth creation strategy for us. It's not about the energy, but it's about moving our youth from a state of unemployment, you know, to an employment stage. It is our uh, ways of getting our own youth employee. This is what we call wealth creation. And I'm glad that some Nigerians in the diaspora put this together to partner with the Lagos State Government and the AFDP to create jobs and multiply effects for almost 300 Nigerians. Imagine all of them learning how to do with solar, the lead, to get their own business, to create their own business. And that should be encouraged. In Nigeria, all of us know that we have the problem of power supply in Nigeria. All our the micro and the small and medium scale enterprises, they suffer so much. You know, it is either the problem of power is affecting their ease of doing business. If we train people, train our youths to be able to build solar power for even MSMEs, you know, they'll be able to do their businesses with ease and they'll earn income. Interesting, Prof. I mean, yes, that's like here you had the uh, special advisor to the president of Diaspora and executive director of NITCOM, uh, Mrs. Abike Dabiri Erewa. We also had the commissioner for for employment, I think, uh, Mrs. Arubia Ken, Lagos State, and other, you know, well meaning uh, government servants and co. But, Prof, it is common knowledge that there's a lot of bureaucracy in Nigeria. Nigeria is not short of ideas. Nigeria is not short of blueprints. Nigeria is not short of the way forward. You know, the blueprints are there. The expertise are there. Now, what have you done on your own to make sure that those, this project you have started, this training, is going to continue and it will just die in natural death, like for projects in the past? Sir? Yes, sir. Thank you so much again. Um, yes, this is not going to die. It's already over 45% of them are already working in solar as of today. Uh, we have a group, they are going from house to house, replacing um, the uh, the surpassing pump for 
for boreholes instead of using diesels they are sell, they are giving them they are giving them replacement with submersible pumps supported by solar and the people know that the people are feeling the impact the impact that well this does not burn there's no the current there's no overcurrent doesn't burn it's straightforward and it's going to last forever each panel lasts for about 25 years and it, it degrades by only about one percent so even if you have um, series of uh, a lot of panels together after 25 years all you need to do if, when it degrades by one percent just add another panel to it so if you have about 50 miles of panels you can just have probably maybe another 100 or 200 panels to it so you don't have to bring them down and then these things are getting better uh, and they are also getting uh, the quality and the capacity is is increasing exponentially so what we did so it doesn't die is that we're training them from one panel to thousands of panels we're making them to be entrepreneurs we also created cooperative for them so that when they get a project that's big maybe five million ten million they can come to the cooperative borrow the money the cooperative officer will follow them make sure that the payments is made to the to the cooperatives so that uh, they would take their money out and they give them their profits so we have also put them in groups cooperative groups so that they can be empowered this we train entrepreneurs the fulcrum the powerhouse of any country at this small scale entrepreneurs so we're we're not training them to go and do for jobs we're training them to do the job themselves power is very very key in nigeria last year alone nigeria economy lost 29 million billion dollars uh quoting um uh, the um the president of um african development bank uh, Akin, Akinomi, uh, dr akiyomi he stated publicly that 29 billion dollars were lost in nigeria because of power out- outages another 14 billion dollars were used to buy gas diesel for directors if we had the two of them together nigeria lost in single year 33 billion dollars because of because of pure energy because we don't have enough energy so these people are not going to go there we're going to be training them continuously until when we have the critical force to power the world of nigeria training people for solar is different from training people for the regular life because solar is there is this direct current so to manage them is different there are a lot of voltage losses and there's a, uh, there's a critical part that you have to cross uh, that even Nigeria may have to be transmitting power by DC. AC is good to a certain extent, but when it gets to a point, the DC transmission is better than the AC because you save more money right, in terms of, uh, in terms of um, conductors and other things. All right? So the, DC has its own, the AC has its own limitation, but at a certain level, the DC takes over. All these uh, 49,000 satellites we have in space, they are all using DC. They are all using solar. So we need to train our people about this technology. We started by training them with only one panel, which they can put in um, in swimmers' houses, swimmers' shops. Uh, they can put them in barber shops, and we it we call they, the student themselves the champions. They call it onosobe. That can supply. That can supply about fifty to sixty bulbs. And it also take uh, it also take fun, right? So they don't have any business to use generator because generator produces noise and the breakdown. This one, when it works right from day one, is going to work forever. And the components are simple. The components are just the, the, the solar panel itself, a combiner box if you need it, 
and then uh, you uh, you also have an inverter. So we have what they call uh, balance of system, which you have to add to it. Anyway, the components are so simple, just like when you have a car, an electric car. Electric car has fewer parts than a regular car because everything is, is, is electronic. So in, in the same format, we have this. It's simple to construct, but you, ju- you just have to know how to read them. For instance, if you have developed designing a solar system, you must also look at the the the, the conductors. That in case we're going to expand, uh, the design they use in Nigeria currently they just put uh, a, a conductor from the roof down to the uh, um, uh, to the shell controller, down to the inverter, blah blah. They use that. But if you increase the capacity by increasing the number of panels. The, the the wire, which you call conductor, which you bring from your roof down, will burn off because it was not designed to carry uh, um, um, to carry more than that load. But the design we give them is that every panel and every panel in parallel will terminate at the combiner box and then you fuse it with the uh, with what you call OCD, right, overcurrent device. Uh, overcurrent devices so everything so you can keep increasing to as many length as one because we are putting them together that you can expand endlessly to a number of things you know, to a number of panels one so we're making that become modular we're removing all the bottlenecks that can cause safety hazards such as fire that can also so we're teaching them to be chefs not cooks and that's what makes it different then also we also know that finance is not a problem people in the labor they get money to import if you are doing private sector uh, enterprises, you are running your business by yourself, not government, then you can see the multiply effect. For instance, a lot of yeah, some years ago, 25 years ago, uh, the, comput- the knowledge of your computer was very little in, in Nigeria. Now, a lot of young people have programming, they are doing big, big stuff, and they are getting even, they are getting outsourced businesses to Nigeria. That Nigeria happened to be one of the, the third countries that, that are involved in uh, um, cryptocurrency. And you need to know computer, you need to know about the, the blockchains before you can start trading it. These are complex Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That even US people, if it has anybody in the streets in the US about uh, cryptocurrency, mostly they don't know about it. So as champions, our youth are very energetic, they are very intelligent, they are very dynamic, and they're highly innovative. So those are kind of building blocks that we're going to take us from point A to point B. Take my words, in 10 years time, power will be so beautiful, abundant in Nigeria because solar has come to stay and the, the, the parents are getting cheaper, they're getting better, that just like Niger became moribund, Nepal, whoever is called now, is going to become moribund because uh, the sun is overhead in Nigeria for most eight hours. Whereas here, the best you get is probably a seven summer. It's about four hours. So we have all it takes. Storage used to be a problem. Now we have metal oxide storages. The price is expensive now, but with time, it's going to be so cheap that everybody can afford it. And power, that shall be light. And Nigeria shall progress. Amen. I say a big amen to that. I haven't been uh, a victim of no electricity when I was younger in Nigeria. So I say a big amen to that. And I'm, I'm sure all our listeners are happy with what you are doing. And we're all, we're all not just going to pray because the solution is not prayer anymore. Like you, like you are doing, we have to walk the talk. So now my other question to you, Sir, is this. 
we are one man doing this, partnering with Lagos State Government. I mean, are there uh, plans to expand what you are doing, the training, maybe to Ogun, Ondo, Ekiti, other states in Nigeria? Are there plans in that regard? Yes, we, we are making plans. We are talking to Ekiti. We are also talking to Kano. We are talking to um, Edo. We are talking to Cross Rivers. What we want to do is to, to have a critical mass of people who, who are globally satisfied to construct solar farms. We have a lot of potentials in Nigeria. Even some companies in Nigeria already um, they're already printing solar uh, solar plates. Solar solar wow. panels are being manufactured in Nigeria as of now. Nigeria is very quick in getting things, but the technicians are not easily available. And when they do it, they do it like cooks. They don't do it as chef. So down the road, people say solar will not work. It's not that it doesn't work. If it's working in the space, it should work here. Let me give you an example. I'm trying not to be too uh, to name. Okay, there's a government in Nigeria that this solar that, that from one point to another, it long streets of uh, of street lights of solar. But you know that streets <laughs> uh, on both sides of the road, they are, they also plant trees, very big trees have been planted there before, maybe ten years earlier. So this. Uh, solar panels were being shaded by those trees. So the batteries became half-charged uh, most of the time. And when you don't fully charge the battery, it will get bad. Because these are just uh, little manual batteries. They need to be fully charged, and then they need to be discharged. And you must not discharge them more than, some of them, uh, the acid battery, you must not discharge them more than 50%, or else they will charge back into full. So, when you see that kind of thing, so solar does not work. But at the same time, you can see in China now and many other countries, they discovered that there's a there's a cutoff point where solar is better than any other source of electricity. So many countries are going to shut down their nuclear plants, they're going to shut down their coal plants because solar is getting the renewables, the more people patronize the 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 the, 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 the industry, the cheaper it becomes because of mass production. So we're talking about, about iron and steel industry in Nigeria. We, as of now, people have moved beyond that. We should be thinking of cheap, um, uh, microchip industry, which costs about 10 to $20 billion. The biggest uh, export of ships in the world is Taiwan. Taiwan produces 60% of the global ships industry for computers, for sweepers, for aerobots, for your, your phone, for a lot of stuff. They just produce that. And what, because of COVID, they shut down some of the plants. Because we were not going, they, they shut down just like the world shut down. You was going to feed this vibration for the next at least six to eighteen months. Why should we start with? Why can't we do that? We don't have power. Interesting, so, interesting, yeah. interesting. I'm <laughs> um, so I'm overwhelmed actually. You know, but the 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 thing there for me, you know, growing up in Nigeria myself. I remember when they used to tell us housing by the year 1990, housing for all by this, uh, shelter for all by this. Unknowing to government that 1990 was around the corner, uh, water for all by the by year 2000, you know. But the truth remains that Nigeria is behind schedule in so many things. That's why what you are doing is actually uh, worthy of emulation. But Prof, is there anything you need going forward that you don't have? You have listeners all over the world. On Nido Radio, you have coverage everywhere. People are listening, people in government, private sector. But is there anything that is 
that is strategic to this course that you don't have right now that you can tell our our listeners you never can tell you know where the samaritan or the venture capitalist or the supporter whatever name we call you can come from so is there anything that is paramount now that is lacking yes we need the cooperation of the state government so that we can reach as many use as possible so that we can we can uh we can produce more solar farmers the way it works that we work for federal government here and we, we charge about six nine nine zero say almost seven thousand dollars per person and um i also work with the state government through various agencies um workforce um WIOA, which has we share uh, which are almost seven thousand dollars because we are giving back we're only charging about one twenty dollars uh for logistics but the government would will give us the students right should help us get people who know a little bit of science at least an OND and also it should empower them with um, multimeters they should empower them with a hammer with screwdrivers with drill so that they can hit as not definitely the course they can hit the ground running apart from that also we like government of Nigeria to have standards um, we use what they call the national electric codes in sizing the conductors in sizing the overcurrent devices in, in the the, over, the the breakers let me call it the breaker to make it simple for people who are listening for dc is different from the breakers for ac that alternating current breakers are different from alternating current breakers for direct current but in nigeria they just mix it they just use anything they like we need to have standards because energy that you see is very powerful it can cause fire so we need to establish a natural electric code we need to have standards so that when people are bringing things, if we want to bring things to US from from China, there are codes for them, there are standards for them. But Nigeria is, is is all, you know, anything goes. Even for drugs, also they bring. We need to have a stronger control. We need to have. But prof, but prof, respectfully, sir. But don't, don't Nigeria has a standard organization? There's SON, Standard Organization of Nigeria. So what are they doing? Yes, they, they are. They are not going to uh, um, electrical um, appliances and electrical. Uh, balance of system. They go into things like toothpaste, soap, all that kind of thing. But because the lack of manpower. Yeah, lack of manpower. And then, the, the, for instance, the the US published national electric code every every two three years. No, the, for instance, you cannot when you are when you are designing your house, you cannot put. Um, uh, let me use the term that people can understand. You can't put a socket near your near your bath. Because it's where the people tend to plug their their uh, their telephone, and while they are bathing, they, they put it beside them. And sometimes the, the the phone and the cord will get the water, and people die. So they see that they, they keep adjusting the code. They keep telling you what you can do, what you cannot do. We don't have that kind of things in Nigeria. Everybody just do, you know, everybody do what they like. So we need to have down the road. We need to have a national uh, electric code. We need to have a standard organization that. We know it's not that we don't have, but they are not in those areas because those areas are still new to them. And then we do have oh. a lot of people who are certified in solar. People just do it. It's just like if I want to fly you from um, maybe from Florida to New York and you ask me that, oh, yes, I like to fly from Florida to New York. And you ask me, am I certified or do you have a license to fly? I say, no, 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 no. New York's not far. I can fly you there. Will you, will, you, will you fly with me, sir? No, sir. Big no. <laughs> yeah. So it's always nice for you to know 
there's somebody that has been tested by a third party to be capable of doing a work. As of now, it's all commerce. Everybody does what they like. Panel come from China, panels come from all over the world, India. Some of them are substandard. Some of the, some of the cables, some of the OCD overcoming devices, they said to Nigeria, very bad. So we need to teach them, teach our boys, teach our girls um, how to know what is good and what is bad. Because they should also can burn down the whole house, you can also kill. We also need to let them know that climbing the roof or climbing a tall, a tall, a tall tower is dangerous. You need to have the proper grip shoe that they can stay and then they can give you a good grip and then you don't climb maybe when it's wet. Uh, then you also must have a hook at your back. Um, it's a safety hook which we use to climb. So that if something happens, just like people that, that are climbing rocks, if something happens, you fall, but it will hook you up, you will not hit the ground. <laughs> so, so you put a kind of thing there because one of the things that happens uh, when people, a lot of people die in Nigeria due to electrical force. When they go on the roof or they go, they, they just sleep. Because if you touch something that is generally electricity, it will give you a shock and then you lose your balance. So, but if you are hooked, even if the thing throws you up, right, you not hit the ground. It just hook and then they can bring a ladder and then bring you down, you know, uh, um, safely. So, safety is also of paramount importance. So, and we shouldn't allow anybody just to do work which they are not qualified for. I will not go to a dentist to deliver a baby. They can only work on, on, on the I kids. Agree with you. I agree with <laughs> but, you. But when somebody comes to me, doctor, it's okay, doctor, take, uh, take a program to go and deliver. It's going to be a disaster because that's not his line. But in electricity, in solar, in everything we do, we just do it without any standards. So those are the things we want to correct. We want to find a way out. Because Nigeria is going to be a great country. Africa is going to be great. You may not believe me, but when you see an egg, it doesn't look like a chicken. The dynamics are there. The, the, the energy of the youth is going to take us far above. All we need to do is to empower them. We need to give back to the country that gave us primary education, secondary education before we came to this country. So, it's, and whether we like it or not, whether we give, give back or not, we are not going to live forever. So, we that have opportunity, just like the Australians have opportunity, they put things back into their country. The Indians had opportunity, they took things back to their country. And India is now a, a forefront in IT. And Microsoft is held by India, all these other big, big companies had them because some people took it back to their country to empower them. We also need to empower people because our people are smart. And that's where, that's them. actually, yeah, that's actually the next question I'm going to. That's where I'm going now, you know, because I do realize, I, I mean, I live in Atlanta and I, I realize that from experience, I realize that Chinese come here, Iranians come here, uh, Indians come here and they come here, study in the US, work for a year or two, and they go back to go and impact on their society. You understand? I mean, yes. India is a nuclear power, Pakistan is a nuclear power, Iran, I'm not too sure, but I'm sure they have some semblance of capacity. You understand? So why, why is it so hard for Nigerians to give back? I mean, not just Nigerians in America, but all over the world. Why is it so hard? That's one. Mm -hmm. Secondly, I do realize that 
Nigerians all over the world are doing extraordinary things individually, from Ukraine to El Salvador, from the United States to Papua New Guinea. So why is it also that when we come together collectively, it's always di difficult to forge a common front? Can you can you tell us what you think your perspective of what I just asked the two questions, sir? Yes, sir. First of all, the kind of um, environment we came from during the co colonial days, it was master-servant relationship. So when the, uh, the colonizer, these imposters left, they left off the same command and control. When you are a boss, you just mm -hmm. command everybody. But the style of leadership has changed. The style of leadership is servant leadership, whereby you want to serve your community, whereby you want to, you, you, you don't impose yourself, but want to energize everybody and make everybody be a champion. We are not doing command and control. We need to change our positional leadership style, whatever kind of style we use, which is still very paramount in our system to give spirit of service. Remember um, Sister or Mother Teresa? She was not a head of state. She went to India giving back. When she died, head of state went to pay homage to her. Then when we also look at uh, you know, uh, religious beliefs, is it Jesus, is it Mohammed? They serve the people. The more you serve the people, the more you become. But we look at him from the perspective of me, my, I. Me, my, <laughs> you know, you know, me, my, me is what we do. So we need to change that attitude. And we need to change the management style. We need to know that we're not going to live forever. No, none of us, me and you said, none of us will live forever. Nobody's going to escape this planet alive. We're all going to go. So you get to a point whereby you say that, who have I benefited? What is purpose of my life? What have I made a change in in in, con in terms of contribution to my society? The Americans beat America. The um, the uh, the English or the UK people built UK. Uh, the, the the European beach built Europe. The Chinese beach built um, China. And even the, the Asian tankers. Uh, is it Japan? Is it um, uh, um, all these countries in, in Asia, including India, yes. they build it. Nobody's going to build your country for you. Nobody's going to build your country. Ja Japan is actually a fantastic uh, case study because after the Second World War, they had a lot of issues and they built back better. And to, also to add to your point, as of 1960, when we had independence, Nigeria was almost uh, at economic parity with China, Malaysia, and the rest, you know. But the key thing now for me is the second question I asked: Why is it always difficult for us to forge a common front as a people? Is it is it tribe, ethnic, or religion? Why is it that we are doing well individually all over the world? Because I am sure even what you are doing, there'll be people that'll be persecuting you or trying to frustrate your effort one way or the other. So what's so difficult, not just for Nigerians but for Africans generally? Yes, generally, I think we need to change who we are. As a person, we need to change our culture from this command and control. Um, with, for instance, uh, some of these Asian tangas, what they did, that just like we all did, they put emphasis on education and urban development housing. So Hausa, Igbo, we live together in the same block of flats. So they don't see themselves as, as, as enemies and they get education. But if you go to all these other countries now, they're starting with us, they've gone so far because we were not investing enough in education. For instance, one of the things Nigeria needs to do is to invest massively in the North for education. It's not to bring the standard back down by doing quota because you, you, you are supposed to let the standard be up 
and then give them all the things they need to catch up as again bring people down so we need to change the style but i still believe that the private sector in nigeria is doing very well there are some people in nigeria that are making dollars i know a young man that's his, his network he's lived in nigeria is over 30 30 million dollars and they see what dangote did it's also just one person so i believe in the private sector we are doing well but we need to do more by changing our system by telling a youth that it's not about money it's about service if you're a pastor you give service you get more money you get a big a big shot so anything that you give us service will always be very big look at facebook service anything you replace the middleman because i look at uh, 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 Airbnb just cut off anything you can you can replace every everybody can become a billionaire. Just identify where a middle a middleman is and then try and solve the problem. Once Interesting. you you become mm-hmm. a, a billionaire. Look at Airbnb, they don't own a single hotel. Yeah, they have the biggest hotel in the world. Look at Uber. <laughs> they don't own a single place. Yeah, even that's right cinemas. <laughs> Yes, so just identify where people are suffering, what and it's usually service-based. Any service-based system, just go in, computerize it, turn it over. You make you, you make money. What what has uh, uh, look at um, Amazon? Amazon the no the master by sending uh, books on, on the internet is now a big you know I mean it's one of the biggest companies in the world. So we also need to think big. We need to start thinking of what do we. How do we solve middleman problem by removing the middleman, making system efficient? Once we go for service, if when the system is oriented to service, then we go. U.S. economy is made of over 80% of services. Is it banking, everything, services, credit, housing, everything? The U.S. invests a lot of money on services. The manufacturing and mostly are from are from China. But China is now also inv- investing a lot of money in services. First, I want to fly from here to Florida. There's always been services. So we should look at what creates the biggest value added. And the biggest value added are the services. Production is easy. You can get production from any part of the world. If I want to make a car in Nigeria, it's easy. I can get parts from Japan, parts from Europe, parts from India, put it together. All the planes that we made by Boeing, they're not the ones that mix the... the, the, the and uh, you know the parts they just give the spec to people who, who can print them they send them out and they collect all the parts and put them together and call it boeing and what is boeing doing services any industry that supports services will just grow we don't have the infrastructure in nigeria for instance if i'm going home now for me to get a house where i can live comfortably like here it's good it's a lot of money whereas in other country the government will set up a service that when you get there you, you can get loan because you're desperate. They can give you a house. Uh, when it comes to um, a cruising industry, you go to Jamaica. Jamaica is not as beautiful as Nigeria and all these other Western countries. But when you go there, the area visitors are going to provide, you know, going to spend their money. They make sure that there's security around that place. If you go out of that place, you're on your own. So they, they make sure that anything that's going to affect their tourism, right? They make sure that they protect it. So because you want to create that service so people can enjoy it. We look at airlines. You choose the airline based on the services they give you. So we need to orientate Nigeria to going for services, providing infrastructure, providing light, 
providing water, providing transportation, providing houses, all of them are services, providing good education, all of them are services, providing good medical care, all of them are services. Services is the bane of every economy in the world. Interesting. Prof, uh, I'm enjoying what you're saying, but uh, there's something you said that really pricked my conscience when you made reference to uh, Chief Obafemi Awolowo, and who was Premier of Western Region. Now, under Awolowo, we had the first radio station in uh, the first TV station in Africa. Uh, then he built the first university. I'm not sure if it was the first in Africa or not, but the first in Nigeria. You know. Now, if you look at what Awolowo did then, which culminated into the Odua group of companies today, which is a conglomerate of what you call the southwestern uh, state today, then Western region. You will agree with me that the Odua investment, the Awolowo and Co left for left then is still not the same thing now because if you look at the the Obakran in 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 uh, in Ikeja, Ogbar, Nigeria you know it's supposed it was you know specially created as an industrial area but you know I know all our listeners know that your drug group of company is near Moribond the functional companies have have so maybe just one or two you understand making profit all the extended investment of Awolowo and all that it's no it's not there again and it does look to me that the trickle down effect generationally is, is near zero for nigeria as a country because the younger generation are not ready to work that's why i'm impressed when i saw about 300 people there so my question is this look taking the cue from what is happening realistically in nigeria that Everybody is going to politics. They just want to make money still. It's turn by turn Nigeria Limited. Now, you have spoken well about how to forge this forward. But this awareness we are talking about, is it really there? How do we get back to that old Western region? How do we get back to that old Southeast? You know, because after all, with before oil, Nigeria survived. We had cocoa. We had uh, the granite pyramid in, in, in the north. Don't forget also, if you go to a place like Inewi, in uh, Anambra State, there's almost no factory known to man that you don't see there. So if you keep saying orientation and the people on ground are not showing it, don't you think that you might just be saying this to the wind? Yes, sir. Um, sometimes when people are on the wrong path, when people are on the wrong path, um, if people keep quiet, they're going to do the same thing over and over and they will expect different results. The more critical mass we have, seeing the same thing, seeing the same thing, seeing the same thing. Remember, January 6th in US was a bad day, but the, the press keeps the insurrection, yeah. yeah. They keep repeating it. That people you don't know that it was bad. Some people believe it was not bad. Now people say, oh, so this happened. Oh, this happened. Then in that case, we that means we are trying to make sure that it doesn't happen again. Um, I will all that set up all those things. It was one man. Every every industry has an exit strategy what he had then was that when he developed an extent they would sell out and go to another thing but but instead for them to sell out like national bank they didn't sell off sell off all these other bank african african continent bank they didn't sell it because it gets to a point that you sell and go to another thing um, it's like build operate and give back to people and transfer so, mm. and transfer so what what happens then it never transferred. People just, you know, when when it got matured, instead for them to transfer it, people were just making money out of it. Government is supposed to set the space, and other people will follow. Just like in US, we have the 
the industries, the Obama gave the stimulus, uh, the stimulus money to people, to some banks. The bank got the money, uh, they recovered, they paid back, and the government got out of it. <laughs> so same thing also, all the money SBA, SBA known we got during the COVID, we're going to pay back next year. When we're finally attacked, the government is going to set up the space and then exit and then go to other things. But we didn't do that. The Nigerian Jews are not lazy. They're not lazy at all. It's just the opportunity that they don't have. You see medical doctors in Nigeria, for instance, they, you know, in a certain state in Nigeria, they hire about 341 doctors. We are saying, oh, but, but you need more doctors to hire. But the point is that the, the government does not have enough money enough money to pay the doctors so they can't even hire more not because they don't know they didn't they need more, more, more doctors um mabo nigeria mabo is as big as the tana marbles but we're not looking at it we're only looking at oil which is not good and oil is going to become moribund oil is going to be a thing of the past because the global warming is so big now I agree with you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you. I'm sorry to interject you, but uh, I like what you said about, about oil, and we'll go into that shortly. We are still on Nido Radio. My name is Ade Balogon. I'm the anchor for the program. I'm talking to Professor Tokes Onobanjo. He's a man that is giving back to Nigeria. He, he just conducted a course for over 300 people on solar. They got a global certification on solar technology training for unemployed youth. So that's what's on the certificate, global certification on solar technology training for unemployed youth. He partnered with the government of Lagos State. Solar is the future. So we're on Nido Radio. Prof, back to what you said. I know, for example, that Chevron is, is investing seriously in electricity, biodiversity, biodegradable, renewable energy, what have you. I know that Shell, for example, has sold two of their major oil blocks to some indigenous people in Nigeria. So if those two top American companies are, are probably, you know, indirectly divesting, you know, and they are preparing for the future. As a country, we are still looking at oil. I know Saudi Aramco started that they did an IPO recently. The Saudi Arabians also want to start an airline to rival Emirates and uh, and a Qatar, you know. So, but it does look like we don't have a plan because, like you said, I was one man, you are one man. So many people are just one man, you know. But overall, collectively, the economic indices, the parameters, all the insignias of progress, they are not really there. People are hungry. And like you also mentioned earlier on in giving back, you gave example of uh, Mother Teresa who gave a lot back. I always give the example of Paul John Paul II, who of course was from Poland, from Katowice, he became Pope. But he made sure that the Catholic Church invested a lot in taking communism out of uh, Poland, his own country, and he succeeded. That was when Lekwalesha ended up becoming president of Poland, a unionist at, at that. So now, are we really ready as a country? Because I don't think so, you know? So I want you to answer that, then I'll ask you a final question. Are we really ready structurally? Do we have a constitutional problem? Because there's so much violence in Nigeria now, so there's so much orders to development and all that, religious crisis, economic crisis, kidnapping. Nigeria has a lot of very bad press now. Do you have solutions? Are you, can you provide solutions for us on the way forward? This is a political question also. Yes. First of all, um, it's always nice to sit back and see that if we make changes, are those changes appropriate for us or they're not? You need to 
support you need to enhance what works and you need to diminish what does not work it works is better the one reason why we like capitalism is that people can compete against each other so if you want to go to socialism you want to say what is it working for us is it not working for us for instance the health sector in europe is still a, a single pair the health sector in america is not single pair you see a private sector involved we every country we work out what works best for for them nigeria um regional system worked because each each region had even had their own representative abroad each system each each um, region were almost autonomous and they were doing their things they have different they don't have a single a single tier system whereby salary in in the west is the same thing as that in the north right everybody managed call their coach according to their salary but this when the military came they gave all this centralized system where everything goes to abuja and then come back to the state i think all of the one of the the issue of nationalities and cry for separate uh, this separatism is because the structure their work has been replaced if you go back to the drawing board the uh the the, the signatures uh the, the independence um papers which our forefathers signed it was not based on central system it was based on knowing that we are different and we are still same i remember when i was growing up the national anthem was different it said nigeria we hail the the we you know nigeria we hail the holy nation do tongue and comedy in brother we we stand if you look at them just lyrics is they, they know we are different and we are still together and we're happy but everybody does his own thing and they would pay tax to the center but when the military came they changed the national item they changed everything they they, they told her about centrals because the military system is operated on a central system central command and that's the we are still operating a military constitution a military system and we are not military people so it's going to it's like um somebody is suffering from malaria and you are giving him treatment for uh, you know you are giving treatment for running stomach so this clearly 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 the confederate system worked for us because yeah. when i will build ui zik built onsuka uh, amadu belu built <laughs> when uh, i will build tv station amadu uh, belu built tv tv station zik did it so the rivalry was healthy and if what tries it furthermore if we had stayed that way you know we'll probably be competing there'll probably be a, 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 a an airline pad each of the confederating yeah, units exactly. yeah exactly. you know so i mean it's 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 i mean i believe i don't believe for example like that constitution we talk about the 1999 constitution we are practicing now that says we the people of the federal republic i can't remember we the people ever sitting down to write no, you know no. <laughs> So, so prof, thank you for joining us. I mean, we're going to call on you again. You're a fantastic man. You know, you're a Nido man to the end or Nido Radio doing great things for your motherland. We appreciate you always. So, as a parting shot, what is the clarion? I know you you what you have said right all uh, all day is clarion, but how much more do you want us to do back for the country? In one minute, just summarize you know any tips any advice you have for all nigerians out there to go home kick the ground running add value let's hear from you before we finish. um 
any any person that lives on planet Earth that does not add value to motherland, it seems to be to have done things to be very ungrateful because we all drank the water there, we are all born there. Every person, every uh, every diasporan of Nigerian uh, descent or diaspora of Nigerian descent should be thinking of what can I do? How can I lift one person up? What can I do to help just one person? If you start from that, you get the uh, you, you get the impetus to do for two, which must give back. If you don't give back, our life is a waste. We've seen it done here. We've seen the, what the India did. We've seen what the Brazilian did. We've seen what the uh, Japanese did. We've seen what the Chinese did. We need to give back. That is the way forward. And Nigeria will be great. Long live Nigeria. Viva Africa. Thank you. You've heard it from the man himself. International Institute for Technology and Application. That is the, the, the body that Prof is using to teach people solar energy, the application and usage in Nigeria. Prof has also told us you must add value. Enough of parasitic nutrition, enough of stealing. We must add value. Let's copy the Indians. India is 1.2 billion people. We cannot blame our own on population. We're just a little over 200. India is 1.2 billion. China is about 2 billion. They have used the population to their advantage. These are nuclear power countries. They don't use their nuclear power for war alone. They use it for agriculture. We are the largest concentration of black people in the world. Almost one out of every four African is a Nigerian. Almost one out of every six black people all over the world is a Nigerian. So this is time to kick the ground running. We're on Nido Radio. My name is Ade Balogun. This program is called The Savannah Verdict. And we come to you next time with another wonderful guest and another wonderful topic. Thank you very much, Professor Tox Onobanjo, for coming to Savannah Verdict. And thank you for having me. You're welcome, sir. Bye, everybody. <laughs>